1: This is a view for the bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today is Wednesday, the 4th of April, 2018. My name's Patrick Smith. We're, uh, we're a day late. Um, this is probably the last podcast proper of the season because despite the Belfast Giants having a good Friday, on the third day, the Panthers rose again and unfortunately ended the season prematurely for the Belfast Giants. We have plenty to talk about over the next, I was going to say hour or so, but it's just a bit of a stripped down podcast because because we've got so much to talk about, it's just the three of us. We're going to have a look at the weekend's games against the Panthers, uh, look at the forthcoming weekend briefly because I'm sure Davey doesn't want to talk about it, maybe he says he doesn't either, uh, and have a little bit of a reflection on this season. But I've mentioned the names already, Mr. Majemsi, how are you?
2: I'm not good, Paddy, not good at all. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's an early call for the bleep machine, but that's fair enough, Uh, Mister McJames. Mister McJames, Mister Kitchen, how are you?
0: I'm fabulous, Paddy. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks for not swearing. The (laughs) Uh, yes, as I said, the Belfast Giants faced the Nottingham Panthers in the playoff quarterfinals, and for the first time in a number of seasons, they won't be reaching the final four this weekend in Nottingham. The teams that will be are Cardiff, Fife, Sheffield and the Nottingham Panthers because it was the Nottingham Panthers who defeated the Giants and let's have a look at those games. Up As I normally do with a double header, uh, I'll go through all the statistics and then we'll start cracking in the, the games themselves. And the first leg was at the SSE Arena on Friday. Good Friday. And the Belfast Giants won 4-3. to three. Uh, Unassisted opener for Darcy Murphy with nearly 10 minutes on that clock before David Rulliford. What was that nearly? Just over a minute later, doubled it. And three minutes after that, Colin Shields on the power play put the chance a 3-0 up. A three goal lead for the chance, but it was starting to be ed away before the period was done. David Clark with seven seconds left in that first period pulled it back to 3-1. Mark DeLargo, quite early in the second period, made it 3-2, before Jonathan Ferland put the chance 4-2 ahead. Uh, the only other goal in the game came in the third period, and with the second of that game, it was David Clark. Four three, it went into the NIC for Sunday. That game itself, Patrick Gal, sorry, in the game on Friday, Patrick Galbraith was in the nets, forty eight shots, forty four saves. Jackson was the other side, twenty six shots, twenty three saves. The referees were the same for both games, Tom Darnell and Pavel Hallis. From our WhatsApp group, I know that uh, both Davy and Simon have a lot to say about that. On the Sunday, with that 4-3 lead, the Giants, unfortunately, went down 5-3 in overtime. Uh, despite the fact that two goals in the first period from Jonathan Furland and quickly after, 19 seconds later, Kevin Ryan with his first goal of the season, and his only goal of the season for the Belfast Giants, restored that three-goal advantage for them. Um, however, second period... In the third period, we're all Nottingham Panthers. Mark DeLago and Evan Mosey short-handed stripping the puck. Maybe a bit of a slash as well from Jim Vandermeer, but brought the Nottingham Panthers back into it. Brett Pellini, as an extra attacker on a delayed penalty, leveled things up on aggregate for the Panthers before Jan Sove put them ahead. But 30 seconds later, Jim Vandermeer leveled everything on the night and we went into overtime. And overtime lasted, well... Four minutes and thirty-four seconds of the five allotted minutes of three and three before Dan Spang ended the tie and put the Nottingham Panthers into the final four. In thats Jackson Whistle twenty-nine shots, twenty-four saves. The other side, Patrick Albrecht, thirty-seven shots, thirty-four saves. Same referees. Um, a disappointing, uh, a disappointing end, a premature end to the season, Davey, uh, the Giants giving up a three-goal lead twice.
2: Yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of the story of it, isn't it, Paddy? Pretty disappointing because two pretty good performances from the Belfast Giants, I think would be fair to say. We came out really, really well in that first game. And, yeah, and as you say, going 3 nil up. And the whole, for me, almost the whole tie hinges on that Call non call on David Rutherford. Um, it's one of those you reach in with your stick and you don't get the puck, you put yourself at jeopardy of being called for a trip. This is for the Panthers' first goal of the time. This is for the Panthers' first goal, which ultimately the score was something like 10 seconds left in the period. They come out with all the momentum in the second period and they get a goal 30 seconds, so within 60 seconds the game has swung from a 3-0 lead and you're going into the locker room with your tails up, the, you're going in with your head down and you've came down and you've lost. Now, the player reaches, can't remember who it is for the, the Panthers, reaches in, doesn't get the puck. You leave yourself at jeopardy for the call. Now, neither ref called it, so they're saying it's a dive. So either grab a set of balls and call the dive, call them for simulation. Either way, the player is called dead and there's no goal. I, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed that um, Pavel Halas can call Blur Riley for boarding from hundred and seventy feet. First it wasn't a boarding call, but they can't get a call that's ten feet in front of them. Um for me, it could have been called a trip, or could have been called a dive, could have been called you can call both, no issue with that. Um it's it's so hard to tell and a like game speed, you know, for me that the game absolutely hinges on that one call. I'm all for the rest putting their whistle in their pockets in the playoff. But, you know, I think um who from Panthers says got called for one on Jonathan Ferland? Was it Stevie Lee? Stevie Lee gets yeah, called well, for a very similar kind of thing. He's put a stick in. furley has gone down on it. Penalty. I think a chance may have even scored in that power play. Can't can't honestly remember now. Um, let's see. Stevie Lee covered trip. Twenty five minutes. No, it's a different one. But um, you know, okay, we'll go, we'll go away from that. Chance came out. Well, right hold on, on sorry, ju- just on that, David. Can I play devil's
1: advocate and say? Say it was a dive, right? Say the Pavel Hellas thought it was a dive. It goes to it goes to David Clark, and he goes up the ice and he scores. Does the referee just say, "All right, they've already been hurt, and I'll not give the dive as a penalty"?
2: No, it would be scored in they delayed call in, sure. so sure. it would be fine. Sure. So um, but I'm I'm pretty sure that we have touched the puck in between times, so the players whistled down there. For, for you know, it's one of those. It didn't go for us. You had to get on with it. Our special teams weren't bad over the weekend. You know, um, Panthers didn't score. Um, when they had the extra man, they, they scored one on at the late call Sorry, on the call. Sunday night, but um, and you know the Giants have came up with two, two from seven, I think on the on the, the Friday night. night. Yep. Um, no, no penalty or no power play goals on the um, on the Sunday game. But you know, disappointing. Yes, as you've said, the cough up three 0 leads twice in the fixture. For me, it's one of those. Paddy, you know, over the course of two nights, we have put over a hundred and twenty shots on the Panthers' goals. Um, we've came up with seven goals. Now I don't have all I don't have the Panther stats for for misses and block shots, but in in effect shots, they've had fifty-seven shots on West and scored eight goals. You know we, we've done really well there. I shot them something you know 36, 37, 38 to twenty-nine in their barn. We've we've outshot them forty-nine shots or something to, to thirty in in our own barn. You know we've had our opportunities to win that tie. It's cruel if we're taking this as a part of games for a. Uh, for a playoff game between two teams that have effectively had a 4-3 home win each to go into three on three overtime to decide something so big the prize is so big to decide that on three on three overtime when this weekend coming if a game goes to overtime as you see, as oh. you seen last year in the playoffs and I think it was was it Cardiff and Sheffield in the final last year yes um, didn't it go to double overtime it was nearly triple overtime was it triple overtime um you know so why a week before in the quarterfinals play completely different rules to what you play in the semis and the final? This 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 deserved more of a finale than three on three skills competition, exhausting competition with three men on the ice. deciding sadness, and we get caught in a bit of a line change. They get a rebound off with and I think it's um is it Dan Spang the badly injured yes. Dan Spang from Friday night um pops up and. Uh, and scores, but it's one of those it's it's like a knife in the guts. You know, it's 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 just why do
1: you say the badly injured dance bank, Davy?
2: Well, you know, the, the Blair Riley's put a a very legal check in on him. Dance bangs tried to avoid a hit on, on the Friday night. Um Borden called, as I say, Tom Darnell's twenty five feet away, sees nothing wrong with it. Pavel Halas is at the other blue line at best, calls it calls it from there, the two minute minor. Panthers put it in for review and uh, gladly sense is seen there's absolutely no foul in the play you know Dan Spang they put it in on the basis of the players injured can't remember if he missed too much ice time the Friday night certainly didn't miss too much on the Sunday and just a bit of sportsmanship or, or lack of sportsmanship from the Panthers again trying to use uh, the dop system to, to weaken the opposition I'm, I've always been against that Not wouldn't be happy if our team did it very disappointed that the away team did it but you know look two great crowds across the weekend over 10,000 nearly 11,000 people watched the two games and were treated to a right royal battle. Simon, it's turn to you on this the
1: um you know, when the Giants had that one goal advantage going to the NIC you know you, you traveled across the NIC what were your thoughts do you think that a one goal advantage would have been enough?
0: I haven't been there before and I mean a few years ago with a 4-0 lead and you know it was going to be a really difficult task and you, you know the Panthers let's be honest I mean I listened to what Davy was saying there um you know and, and the game the, the two games hinged on that non-call for, for David Rutherford. Um, You know, you're 3-0 up. Uh, you get that, you know, coming towards, I think it was seven or eight seconds left at the end of the first period. You, we, we shot ourselves in the foot, let's be honest. You know, we had a chance to get the puck out. We tried to, you know, yeah. knock it off the wall so it didn't go for an icing call. Um, and they get it back. David Clark does what David Clark done for us against us and over the last... 14, 12, 14 years, whatever it may be, um, and you know scores of seven seconds to go, that changes the the whole um, conversation that Corey Nielsen's got going into the dressing room. Um, they, you could see them coming off the ice. I mean, go back to the game in the the Challenge Cup uh, second leg, they pull back into it. Uh, we score with four seconds to go at the end of the second period. They go in with their heads down.
1: Yeah, I'm going to sorry, exactly. sorry, says I'm going to push back a little bit on this. That's 19 minutes and 53 seconds the a hundred and twenty, hundred and twenty-four yeah. minute game. You know, yeah. I, I understand it. We've we've gone from three nil, and as Davy says, the three two in the thirty kick the 30 seconds in second period. But that's the, we're we're talking about the opening stances of the game. We are,
0: but again, momentum is absolutely huge in this sport. It's huge in all sports. But you know, as I say, that that. That what those guys, those Nottingham Panthers, coming off the ice at the end of that first period and, you know, bouncing off the ice. And then they were, when they come out for the second period, they were out before the chance, bounced out onto the ice again, ready to go. And we three guys, you could have threw a blanket over it. We couldn't stop the puck going in the net. Um, you know, that was a really disappointing goal to give away um, for their second goal. You know, again, coming back into the game, getting at the... Two goal lead getting into the third period of Jonathan Farland, I think it was. Yep. Um, you know, big John Kurtz created that um and got it out front for Ferley and and um you know again you are sitting thinking, right, okay, two goal lead, you'd be happy enough again. But again that, that bloody nemesis of ours, David Clark, come back and, and, and get that goal. And then as I say, heading over to Nottingham, I only decided to go to Nottingham on Sunday morning. Um and you know, I, I can only describe the game as if that had been the final, as a neutral, you're going to be gutted because you lost out. But it was an absolutely excellent game of hockey. Let's, you know, get that out of the way first of all. If it had been a neutral, it have been a fantastic game of hockey. Um, again, we got a three goal lead over the tie and giving that up for the second time was very disappointing. Very disappointing. You know, I seen, I had a bit of a go with Big Alan Price um, for, uh, you know, saying that it wasn't good enough. And, he has a point to a certain extent, but not being there, and I'm taking into consideration, the only thing that he has to go on is my comments that I'm putting out on Twitter, which my flipping fingers and, and thumbs were sore. something yeah. like um But, uh, you know, we played well on something like, with the first period we absolutely dominated, absolutely dominated the first period. Um, you know, going in there, you're, you're three goals up, and then they, you know, they come out in the second period, And their crowd was unbelievable in the second period. They never shut up. Um, And that's one thing we all hate. You know, the Panthers fans can be a real pain in the ass, Aaron Lord included. He's probably listening to the the number one podcast when he gets this tomorrow. And, um, (laughs) you know, you're you're sitting there going, these guys, you know, they're going to come at you. They're they're definitely going to uh, make an effort and and basically try and push on, which we knew they were going to do. But we, we didn't look ready for them in the second period. We looked lethargic. We looked as if we didn't, you know, we just couldn't get a breath uh, in that second period, and then as I say them them, you know, they got four clean goals. Jim Vandermeer scored within, you know, 30 or 40 seconds after they uh, gave them the lead, and you could see that that really gave us a bit of momentum to go forward, and, and I thought we were going to win it, you know, going down last year four minutes of the, over the third period. Overtime, we dominated. We absolutely dominated them in overtime, but we couldn't put the puck past Galbraith, and, um, and then all of a sudden they get a bit of a break coming out, as Davies already commented on. You know, Halas calls. I think it was Marty. He was going to call the second delayed penalty of the game that he's called against us when he's been the trailing referee, and that's the second time they scored a goal in two delayed calls. So you know he he's got the they got the goalie off. They got Dan Spangy jumped off the bench straight down the ice, slotted the pass Jackson Whistle, and that was the end of the game. So you know oh, the-, the referees. Sorry, David, the referees for me, um, you know, I, I, to be honest, I thought Barnell actually wasn't that bad over the, over the tie. Yeah, you know, disappointed not getting that um, Rudy call. But Halas is, is, is not good enough at this level, in my opinion. Um, you know, he's, I think he's called more slashing calls. The first call penalty he gave the RNA was slashing again. You know, absolute no brainer. I said to Liam McSharry, he was standing beside me. But even when he called it, I knew, and, and it wasn't even a slashing call, I think it was a cross check. But he called him for slashing. And it was disappointing to go out the way we did. I thought, you know, you you posted a stat there on our WhatsApp group, pally on either Sunday night or Monday morning that, you know, the Panthers were ahead for like a minute and 40 seconds um, over the whole tie. And that just goes to show that we, we played. I thought we played well, but our big boys didn't play well enough. Their guys did, and our guys didn't. And that's what lost us the tie. Over the whole tie, our top line didn't
1: play well enough. Davy, is that down to skills? Is that down to them being better? Because I said this time last week, or last week's podcast, I was convinced, and I'm still convinced, that we're a better side than the Nottingham Panthers. We've shown that we've been a better side than the Nottingham Panthers. We talked about this team five-on-five being one of the best sides, and if not the best side, in the Elite League. So, why three goals do you drop? Is that down to
2: ability or is that down to to mental fragility Patty, there There's an element of truth in that you know I saw a certain eight times on friday night when we we came under pressure. head man and passes out of our own end, and you know p- panic stations at times that, 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 that comes on us and has came on this team at certain times of the season we there seems to be a, a little bit of when the, we're really under the pump, we can we we have the ability to crack. And I think it's, it's just coming back on one, one of Simon's points there about Pavel slash Halas. You know, the biggest slash of the weekend, Evan Mosey on Jim Van Der Meer right across his gloves and skates in and scores shorthanded, which is a, a crucial goal to them halfway, just over halfway through the second period. You know, it's as clear a penalty as you will see in any elite league game, and we've talked about well, Andy Dalton on the show the other week. We were talking about slashing calls, and the the penalty is to be called on the action and not the result. The puck isn't up near his hands. If you slash up there, it's a penalty. Every game of the season, and that's now, a playoffs, playoff,
1: playoffs, paddy. Playoffs. The rules we, don't change. The rules don't change, but we all know that in playoffs, that most things, not most things, but a lot of things are let to play. That that uh, happens. You, that, you can't. Have you? Have you, If you the game, pack and seen some calls I have, I have, Davy. But what I'd say about that call in particular is, if that goes the other way and they're crying, they're crying about a slash. We're saying to them, playoffs. Are we not? Surely we are.
0: I, I would agree with you, Paddy. But as blatant the call is that, and within three seconds of pucks in the net, he's got to call it. You know, the, the way, as I say, Halas, it was the closest referee. He's got nothing blocking his view, and he doesn't make that call. It's a penalty all day long. And twice, we, we again, look, we didn't lose this whole thing because of the referees. They were, you know, they were definitely a common denominator. But we we didn't control the game and didn't close the game out twice at a 3-0 lead, and that's what lost us this game. Yeah. But I agree with Davey. That is as blatant a penalty as you're going to get in the playoffs, and it's not called, and it's absolutely crucial. Jim Vandermeer doesn't lose his cool very often, but you could see how pissed off he was when he when he went yeah. straight over well, the referee yeah, after two referee. referees. And, you know, Darnell again. Darnell was basically going, holding his hands up and going, "Look, uh, you know, I was the chairman referee. You've got uh, Halas standing looking at it. And, you know, it's probably the only slashing call he hasn't made this whole season.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, listen, I'm only being, I'm being the devil's advocate here, Davey. And that's, you know, we'll say that's the way that I saw it. And I agree with you. I didn't think overall that things were called maybe as, as well as they could have been. I uh, still like, I, sti- I still look at the fa- I still can't get away from the fact that twice over the course of the day we were 3-0 up. And, and a- as bad as maybe
2: we see the calls of the referees being, something went wrong. You know Look, you're you're absolutely right. I'm not I'm not for one minute suggesting that we lost the tie down to referee. And I think there was two massive crucial moments across the two ties where I think we didn't get the puck luck, if you want to call it that, the calls from the referee. I think it's a clear trip or it's a clear dive, whichever one you want to put it, and I think it's as clear a slash and those two penalties have directly within seconds caused goals which Ultimately, we've lost out a, a one goal game and that there's two goals that we've caught. Take that away from it. I think that defensively, since um, mid to late January, we probably haven't been good enough. We haven't been good enough. Our forwards haven't been good enough defensively. At times, our defence hasn't been good enough defensively and I don't think that we probably got the goaltending we needed. The numbers, don't, you know, I'm, I'm the one that says stats don't lie. I think West over the two games is something like 8.55. That's not going to win you playoffs. And, and uh, you know, that's just a statistical analysis rather than a critique of his performances because he came up with some, you know, you've seen the highlight reel saves he's came up with as well. But I think, you know, when you put the numbers versus Galbraith's numbers, we needed more from the goaltending as well. And I just think that this team... It's it's something that, you know, no criticism at all of Brandon Benedict. The forward playing on D has had a fantastic season. Jeff Mason back there, who retired and came back. You know, we haven't got out of Jarry what we wanted to get out of him. So really you're relying there that you've got Spiro, Marty and Rayner as your sort of your top line defense. And we just haven't had the depth. Jimbo going out injured at late January put a real acts in our season, how we missed him down the stretch. And Vandy with five, six, seven games under his belt might have been more of the controlling, powerful best team man in the league for me. Him and Hotham are, are streets ahead of everything else in the league. And, you know, it's, I'm just really frustrated about everything, Paddy. You know, you could probably yeah. – I'm, I'm not one for for stabbing people. I'm just so frustrated with everything that's happened here. Simon's already said it. Our big guys – were outperformed kinda of over the course of the two games and that's a frustration because five on five we have been so good this season. We we were good on special teams in these two games and it just wasn't enough.
1: Goalkeeping says uh that's that um save from Jackson myself diving across the ice and it brought no, a number of people in the NIC to his feet. Um your thoughts? We
0: were I was sitting beside Big Matt Nickerson. Um the the first thing I will say is the rebound he gives out. Awful. Awesome. Created that opportunity for Pither. Mm-hmm. Um, and he should have done better in that part. <clears throat> but the reactionary part of it was incredible. Both Nicker and I genuinely had the hands over the eyes because we thought it was a goal. Pither sort of, you know, if you watch the crowd behind Pither, they're all on their feet. They're all up as if they go, oh, goal. And, you know, for him to get back and make that save was, was it, I said at the time, it's it's potentially a save of the season. Um, you know, at that moment, you know, they're really pushing second period. I think they'd already got it back to 2-2. Two, two. Um, and, you know, he makes that save and you're sitting going, wow, that's just, you know, that's just outstanding. However, that's what he's paid to do. He's paid to stop putting the puck in the net, um, you know, and, and for that, you know, for that to come out. And, and as I said, it's all, it's all created because of the rebound that's given out. So, you know, his rebound control... Um, over the weekend, again, as David said, you know, eight point five five, you're not going to win a trophy like that. You know, we—if you look at his stats in the Challenge Cup, I'm sure it's a hell of a lot better. Um, I don't know what it is, David. You know, might be able to tell you, but
2: I don't have um, it open. But his Challenge Cup was nine thirty-four, and it's no, no, no coincidence that
0: yeah, no, absolutely, like, we we'll won the like, Challenge yeah,
2: Cup with numbers like that.
0: Yeah, and again, you don't you, look—you're not going to win trophies and numbers like that. And nobody, you know, Galbraith. We're 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 up three on Sunday. Three in aggregate. We hit the crossbar. Um we hit the post in the second period. Um that's small margins, I mean minute margins. Um but that's that's you know, a wee bit of puck luck, as you say, and, and like, let's be honest, the Nottingham Panthers really, really, really wanted that on Sunday night. Um their fan base was like I'm not a fan of the Panthers under any circumstances. Um, but you, you've got to give uh, a bit of kudos what it deserved. They were they they genuinely were an extra man for them on Sunday. You know they never, especially you know when they got that um, the goal in the third period from Souve. I I honestly thought their roof was going to come off. The atmosphere was excellent, um, and even for the small chance crowd that we had uh, there, there was probably only forty maybe forty five fans that could actually uh, make the game. And, and again, you know. Still no webcast coming from that, and That's I just Christmas. honestly and that that I'm being honest with you, that trip cost me nearly two hundred and seventy quid um and you know I don't have two hundred and seventy quid to throw down the drain, but it was an excellent game of hockey. I'm glad I made the trip Disappointing the end the way it did um but for the sake of a tanner watching that in a webcast, I'm pretty sure that. Any neutral fan who wasn't watching their own team on Sunday night would have been watching that game. And they would have made an absolute killing on
1: that. Well, the NIC is about to be set up to show four games of hockey across three different platforms with uh, with a webcast, the BBC, and on Facebook. So it's not as if the, the actual platform couldn't be set up to show it. And I think the point was made, well, a few points were made on Twitter, everybody clambering for it. But it's a it was a game that is that is scheduled at short notice. Therefore... Despite the fact you said it was all Gary Moran on the highlights and almost sold out arena, so then why not? They've done it before with a game against the Sheffield Steelers. Why not put together a webcast where they're going to make a killing from fans in Belfast tuning in, regardless? I'll tell you the, the, the way I'm looking
0: at it, Patty, and this is something that I was sitting thinking about on the way over in the flight. If Neil Black wasn't there and he was waiting business or whatever it may be, I can guarantee you that he was watching that game. Yep. Guarantee you. They had the cameras up; we could see them. Um, they they were they record the whole game. Davy watched it. Do you watch it on Sunday night, Davy? Yep. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's all there to be recorded.
2: Oh,
1: I watched uh, it yesterday. It's 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 put out on DVD by the by the Panthers. Yep,
0: yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous that you know the league should be issuing that. Um, you know they're saying about GLT, and, and that's you know that's another bane of Davy's life this year. But every team should have to have an elite league. Sorry, should have to have a webcast. That's it, because it's a bloody shambles for all our fans not being able to get there. I mean, as I say, 270 quid for me to get there. Um, you know, I had to leave. Uh, I had to fly to Birmingham. The, the flight, you know, it definitely did help because the face was put back at 7 o'clock. So thanks very much to the Lonegan Panthers for that. Um, but I'm sure as hell it didn't do it just for me. Um, but, you know, you see, so the, the boys, our boys, went over on a Saturday evening. Um, you know, they were well-rested. Um, you know they did opportunities as say went out and, and did their, their morning stretching on the and on Sunday morning. That that's not taking anything away from from uh, from our side of things. We were prepared for the game. Adam did have the guys up for it, but the Niagara Panthers progress on to the the finals and our season's over.
1: Dave, any any comment on on well the comment the discussion there was goalkeeping as well. Well, I've already had my say on the yeah. goaltending,
2: party there prior to says what was the second. Well, well, anything?
1: Well, anything to say on the, uh, on the performance of the Nottingham Panthers?
2: No. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> like,
2: like, like,
1: yeah, no, I don't. No, you're going to leave it at that. Okay, well, um, yeah, well, look, I don't say, unless you think there's anything else to talk about in this game, or on this tie, are there any other major points you think worth bringing up?
2: I have my say on the on the on the webcast and absolute yeah, well, nonsense absolutely, absolutely. But I like I I just I still don't understand we had Todd Kelman a GM stroke owner stroke Jackie Moon whatever killer does down there and you know Cardiff on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, on, ago and and he's gonna know you know webcasts do not affect bombs on seats and if you do you're in the handfuls of numbers you're not into the hundreds that barn was, you know, as as Gary Moran said on the on the on the highlights package, you know, an almost sold out barn, five thousand five hundred more or less, give or take a man the dog, and, and you know that's a big big numbers. You're telling me if there was a webcast, all of a sudden five hundred people or whatever aren't going to buy a ticket for that game? Play all, last home game of the season. Granted, you know they're going to the final four; it's still a home venue, but last home game for the Panthers is always going to be a massive crowd against the Belfast Giants you're chasing a one-goal lead. The place was always going to be packed. There's no reason. It's it's all. It almost feels spiteful. And I've seen plenty of people said we shouldn't have put the webcast out. I kind of felt a wee bit like that as well. But you want as many Panthers fans too. You know, no love lost there, or whatever. But you want as many people to be able to see the games between us as possible. And it like it says I had to pay two hundred and seventy quid, but for circumstances on Sunday. I would have made that two and a half hour drive in a heartbeat to do that. Five, six hour round trip plus a hundred pound of diesel, you know, whatever. The cost is irrelevant to people. If you can get to the game, you'll be at the game. There seems to be this segway that people will stay at home to watch a 10 pound webcast rather than go to the NIC and pay 15 quid to watch the product. Every single time, if I could go to the game, I would be at the game. The product is better live than on a webcast but it's better on a webcast and re- refreshing flash scores or having to try and decipher what Simon Kitchens saying. You know what I mean? It's, Sorry it's, about that. <laughs> I love you, big man. But, uh, you know, it, it's time. I, I just don't understand the the business behind, and I'll, I'll bang the clan in with that as well, because they're selling pre-market every week as well. You know, Guilford. so I don't know what the story with Guilford glad is. i glad to believe Guilford
0: going to be online next season.
2: Yeah, I would imagine you know they'll they'll have to have a better setup than what they're recording with at the minute. But yeah, you know, true. it's um, it's it's there to be done. You know, it took the storm a season just to get their footing in the elite league and, and then go on and set up their product and. Uh, just, the
0: big, there's a massive difference with with the greatest respect to Manchester Guilford, Milton Keynes, a massive difference than what there is in the Nottingham Panthers. The They've Panthers got everything are, there. Everything's yeah, there. The Panthers are putting it out it.
2: that it's it's. Because if they put away, they put that statement out. I can't remember whether it was Gary Moran or whether it was Neil Black. One of those was asked previously and said that don't do webcasting because it affects ticket sales. And that's just not, blatantly not true because other owners are coming out and saying well, it doesn't affect mine. So why would it Gary affect?
0: Gary Moran watches our webcast every single game.
2: He, he, he listens to a few from the bridge every week too. And we'll, you know, we'll say to you, Gary, let's, you know, the next time we're talking to you, we'll, we'll ask you that question. And you can answer because I know there's plenty of Panthers fans listening in as well. So, you know, it, it's one of those, it's just unfortunate because at short, short notice, we didn't know who we were going to have in the playoffs three weeks ago. So it's not like people can make arrangements to, you know, what are you going to do? start just booking flights to go into East Midlands and go wherever we get from there. You know, we could have had five, we could have had anybody three weeks ago. So short notice, you've got to pay big bucks. Is it fair to ask people a week before playoffs that we're having to do exactly the same trip, flights, hotels, seven days previous to pay £300 and not just to go and watch the game when you could pay a tenner and watch it in your own house or put it on in the cinema and pay a tenner to go and, you know, act. it's just frustrating.
0: The other side of that, David, is don't forget... And a hell of a lot, I don't know how many's going, but a hell of a lot of Belfast Giants fans are making the same trip this weekend. I, you know, they've all got, and having to do that two weekends in a row, I don't know a lot of people that could afford it. Um, and, you know, it's, for me, as I say, it was 270 for the for the day trip. We only decided, I mean, I, I stuck it out on Twitter, seriously considering going. And then, and then Big Shari contacted me and then Big John Smith, and, and I just went, you know what, let's do it. Let's just book it and go. Um so I booked the flight, booked the hotel, booked the hire, hire car to Birmingham, uh drove over, drove back Monday morning, back and again on, on Monday at lunchtime. Um I have to give a shout out to Liam McSherry for booking the wrong flight the way back. He's standing down at the door waiting to get on the plane and their mom wouldn't let him on. Um he booked the flight two two hours later. Like <laughs> he he um I mean we're literally standing in the queue at the stairs, ready to get on the bus to go to the plane and um okay he, he, he booked the wrong cart. But um, you know, for for them, for Nottingham Panthers not having that upper, the option of um, of letting Belfast Giants fans watch it or anybody else around the league, I know many um, many viewers we had at Giants TV on Friday night, and let's just say that they would not have been disappointed with the numbers that they would have got from Belfast Giants fans. I have absolutely no doubt that there would have been at least at least four to four fifty watching that. That's yeah. Four
1: and a half to five thousand pounds. It is the it is the premier conversation that will be had, like referees and Dops. It's the why don't the Nottingham Panthers do a webcast? I don't think it'll ever be answered. But um, yeah, very dis- disappoint. that we weren't able to see. A disappointing the result of the outcome. Uh, what I'm going to do, gents, just just to briefly move it ahead. Um, the highlights are available for both games if you want to watch them. Belfast Giants TV for Friday and Panthers TV for on both on YouTube uh, from Sunday. Uh, with regards to the forthcoming weekend and the final four, of course, ours was only one of three quarterfinals that went on over the course of the weekend. Also on Friday, the Cardiff Devils took a 4-2 lead, uh, away to the Coventry Blaze. Before the Blaze, give them a, a bit of a scare back at Ice Arena Wales on Sunday, but overall the Cardiff Devils did win that tie 4-3 and they progress. Uh, on Saturday, there were two games. Um, as I just open up the window, yes, there were two games. The Guildford Flames took on the Sheffield Steelers in Sheffield, and Sheffield walked out five-two ahead in the first tie. While in uh, in Fife, the Manchester Storm absolutely obliterated the Fife Flyers four-one, or so they thought. Uh, in the Sunday for both of those games, the Sheffield Steelers lost to Guildford but went through on aggregate score. While at the Drizzle Dome. The five Flyers won 5-1 in overtime. Now, I hate to do this, boys, but let's let's return to our predictions from last week. And I'll just read through them and see who got what. Davey, you predicted Cardiff. Correct. Guildford? Nope. Close. At
2: one close. stage, it was close.
1: Guildford? Nope. Manchester? Nope. Ooh. Belfast? Unfortunately not. So that's one out of four. Simon, you predicted Cardiff. Yes. Sheffield? Yes, Manchester, nope, Belfast, unfortunately not. And then there's me. Cardiff, not just about on here, no. Cardiff, yes. Sheffield, yes. Fife, yes. Belfast, no. So I take the prediction game, but unfortunately, it's Belfast that led all of us down <laughs> with regards to what we predicted. However, looking at those results, Davey, I think it's the Fife one that shocked us off
2: um, and, and shocked probably nobody more than Ryan Finnerty. You know, I think that they'd gone up to five, done a bit of a number and expected to be able to close it out down in, in Aldrinham. And unfortunately for them, and, and, you know, I think Apparently
1: Luke a, a, Moffat was chirping the crowd as well. It's coming off the ice.
2: <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, very dangerous. Um, it's a, it's a funny habit of biting you in the ass this game. And, uh, you know, from everybody concerned down in Manchester after the game, that seemed to be a bit shell shocked. And, uh, you know, they put themselves in a position to win, and unfortunately, you know, they've, they've, an awful lot of Steelers fans really seem to, to jump on that. Really seem to have a disdain and a dislike for the Storm because they're, they're claiming to be the original Storm or whatever. It, it's uh, it's a funny narrative that one, but uh, unfortunately for Finner, unfortunately for the Manchester Storm, I suppose uh, Neil Russell still has a bit of an affinity with that club, there he'll be disappointed as well.
1: Says so anything else uh, from those uh, those qualification games that shock you, uh, other than other than our own result, of course.
0: Um, I thought that you know halfway through the Cardiff actually came in the third period. Cardiff and Coventry and Cardiff yeah. had put it at level, and um, I was keeping an eye on that score when I was you know watching the because they they were I think we were the last ones to, to face off on Sunday night, so that was finishing earlier than ours. So you know there was a lot of talk around the people that were there. You know Coventry are back in this and. And then the, you know the devils obviously stuck their foot down and scored another couple, so um but you know, I thought about it, like I thought it was great to see five you know for them being down four one to come back um and get you know the same result and then take it the overtime um in the drizzle dome you have got to take your hat off to talk to, to him and and uh you know jeff john um Hutchinson, and and uh you know they did a great job and and you know going in and going to the final four um
1: again. Five Is this like the third time in four years or something like that for the five flowers in the final four? I think it is, Pally. I think it is three and four. But you know, the big thing
0: about it is, we we were we were our own worst enemy coming down the stretch. You know, mm-hmm. for spending the majority of the season in second place, losing Jim was huge. I mean, absolutely massive. And then going, you know, the remaining, I think it was twenty four games. Um, less than 500 is that was that that was our season and a half. The only game that we really really turned up for was the Challenge Cup final, and it's fantastic having that you know trophy to, to finish the season. And but I, I think Adam will be very disappointed the way the season's ended. Um, yes, again, it's all good and well getting a trophy in his first season, but I think he'll be, as I say, I think he'll be disappointed um, coming down the stretch with the results and and. And maybe as I say, guys who who uh maybe looked switched off for the summer already after that final and then um coming down and, and, and going the way that turned out and, and going out in the playoffs, you know. Um, you know, I was speaking to them after the game and, and you know I was sitting on the you know, we've all been down that, that uh, where the dressing room is in Nottingham. And that's the quietest I've ever heard it. Mm. I mean even when we got beat there before, you can see that you know, there, there's guys there who, um, you know, will always come out. will come out, the first guy out in the dressing room after they were changed, came straight over, shook my hand, and, and Jonathan Furlan was next to, you know, did exactly the same thing. You could see that they were all hurting. You could see that, um, you know, Adam, uh, you know, again, I, I sat in the tunnel. Adam would normally call me in Is his, um, if it's an SSC, he'd always call us into the room. And it's just, let it, you know what, I'll just let him have his own space. That's what I said to you guys after as well. You know, I didn't get the players interviewed. Plus, my battery was literally dying. Um, so I only had enough time to get Adam on there. And then when I got back to the hotel, obviously, uploaded and sent it on to you. Um, but uh, you could see that the guys were hurting. You could genuinely see that. And if I hadn't have seen that, then I'd have been really, really pissed off. Um, but a very disappointing end to what could have been a fantastic season. Ended up a good one, but it could have been a hell of a lot better.
2: Says just uh, not to throw a question at you, but what can you, what can you put it down to when you can see a team like this? let's look at the couple just two fixtures semi final of the Challenge Cup away in Nottingham mm. we we beasted them five one absolutely for me the best performance of season even over the Challenge Cup final we were able to put in an unbelievable performance away in Cardiff we, we've had several good performances in Cardiff this season but the Challenge Cup final. A team that has the undoubted ability to raise itself to an incredible level can go down in a week to Edinburgh, Milton Keynes, Dundee, Manchester. and Manchester. And I'm taking nothing away. I think we actually played pretty well across the weekend. I think there was just such fi- such fine margins in playoff hockey. And I still think the three on three over time in the playoff situations are nonsense. I think there's a TFA we'll probably come on to later about series. But, you know, this team should have maybe had more than, not necessarily a league title, because I think Adam Keefe's still in that learning curve, but shouldn't have calved the way we did from the the middle of January?
0: Uh, well, I think it was the first, yeah, the double header against Cardiff at home when we split that. Uh, won the first game um, in OT. That was the game that was the goal. Darnell ruled out um, and then held his hands up straight after the game and go, biggest, worst decision I've ever made. Um, and then we well, say we got it was a shootout, sorry, shootout goal um, that we ended up getting in that game, and then getting right. out the next night and losing that, and then losing Jim Vandermeer. Der Again, I know one person doesn't make a team, but he makes us tick. He really does make us tick. Um, I thought that you know when you go out a week later and you get beat by uh, Edinburgh and Milton Keynes in your own barn, um, and with the greatest respect to both. You're, you know, they, they should not be beating us, whether it's home or away, in my opinion. You know, we should have that in our locker to go and, and win that game. Um, and I just think guys realised that these are the bottom two teams in the league and just went, I think I'll get 50% here tonight. Now, we all know that Adam will take responsibility for the losses, because that's what a good coach does. But to be honest with you, I was disappointed that the, the top guys didn't come out and go... Um, that's our fault you know it's nothing to do with Adam um, th- this is where you know we should have come out there with better effort levels we should have basically had more energy um, they're at home so they didn't have to go on the road I mean Edinburgh the week they beat us I think they had three games that week that was their third game and they came in Belfast and beat us um, Milton Keynes played the night before as did we uh, they had to travel the next morning and then the biggest and you're sitting going this I mean having to call all those games I mean twenty. 26 games, January, February, and March um, at home.
1: You put a shift in, sis. What's that? You put a shift in.
0: I th- again, I have the easy job. I just get to talk about a sport that I love.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and yes, it's difficult to and try and show a bit of, I mean, people say, <sighs> do you know what? I, Yes, I, I am fast. I'm just pissed off at people going, oh, you're too fast. You're too bad. So what? I'm a Belfast Giants fan. So I'm allowed to be biased. It's a Belfast Giants webcast. I've watched some of these NHL games. And, you know, you take your man Jack, who does the Boston Bruins games. He's probably sitting there with an a***** ar- watching the Boston Bruins. You know what I mean? He absolutely loves it. He can show a bit of emotion, but I can't. B*****. Um, I'm over for that. But, um, you know, I, I just think that... I think that we just thought that there's guys there that... I'm uh, Sorry, teams that are coming into Belfast that we don't have to put a shift in, and that's a mental thing. I think it's guys just being right, well, do you know what? I'm going to score four or five points here tonight, and I'm going to try and lead the team in points scoring, and that's, that's the disappointing bit for me. It's a team game. It should be about not who's getting the points, assists or goals. Instead of turning around to the referee as soon as a goal goes in, looking for an assist or looking for a goal or tip in front, do you know what? Let's get it out there as a team, and yes, Adam will definitely learn from, from the mistakes that he's made this season, and um, but I, I hell, I, I'm disappointed that some of the leadership in that room didn't stand up and be counted and take responsibility for it away from the coach. I'm it's, disappointed.
1: That. It's been interesting looking at some of the reactions when when we've walked away from from the season and, and, and Some people come forward a lot of statistics being thrown forward and saying you know fifth in the league, out in the quarterfinals, but it does a challenge. And we've got some TFAs regarding that, which we'll, we'll probably come back to. One thing I kept, I've kept saying is that, you know, this team has been far it's been a lot more entertaining to watch than we've seen in the last few seasons with all due respect to the to, to thoughts and all due respect to, to, to Derek Walser the, this one was a, guys like Jonathan Ferland and all out there, Sylvester and the goals East looked at scored. you look at that, that last dying seconds goal against the Nottingham Panthers where you lost your pen we've had so many highlights this season and and then you take into the, 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 the what's the word the, the run that we went into away from home Though that, that over November, December, the fact that we had to go on a long road stretch that we saw as being, we actually saw that as being the main challenge of the whole season is getting through that and mm-hmm. remaining in, remaining in contention, which we did. So therefore, when you've got that home stretch, you're thinking, bang, that's exactly what we need. Now, you brought up the loss of Jim Vandermeer, and I totally agree. The, 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 kind of, kind of like in that sort of, um, Calvin Elfring role of, of organizationally at the back. So therefore, when we look forward in the, in the next season, and I don't want to preempt any more of the TFAs than I already have, but looking forward in the next season, Davey, defensive depth, leadership and defensive depth. Jerry didn't really do it with regards to defensive. He, he was under fire all season. He was under fire from us. And then, and, and then one week he popped up with like four assists, but he didn't really, he didn't really perform this season. Kevin Ryan, I liked a lot, but maybe not, but a, but a role player, not really a, not really an organiser at the back. Marty, not really an organiser at the back. It's it's that defensive organisation and depth in it that maybe, do you think that next season Kiefer will look at? Oh, well, he'll
2: rebuild from the back. He'll rebuild between the pipes and we'll, we'll go forward from there. I think, you know, cliche to say championships are built on defence and goaltending, but they are, you know, and we didn't get enough of that down the stretch, um, as you've said, we, we talked plenty about being in contention at the, in the new year. And I think we started that pretty well. I think we six, seven, eight games in a row we won. And then I think we went to Nottingham and Sheffield over the course of a weekend and we lost back-to-back games. And it all started a bit, a bit stuttery from then. And, you know, we just, as I say, going 500 down the stretch is no good. I think what, what, what we were saying earlier on, Simon, there were 20 games, 25 games, and we we're less than 500. Yeah, I
0: think it was 24 games and it was 13-11.
2: Most of those games at home. Most most of those games at home. And unfortunately for us, we have had an Achilles heel over a number of seasons that the home form hasn't matched the Road Warrior form. And it was something that was identified certainly by Kiefer at the start of the season that we were going to have to be better in the SSE, the Odyssey, whenever whenever especially when the new year came around, we knew how hard it was going to be that first half of the season. And you know, this has been a really good team to watch. It's been a good on its day, on its day, I'll caveat it with that, you know, um, scored the most goals in, in Giants history per season, I like think I said earlier, or 293 goals across the course of the season. Okay, we've conceded, a bit slippy at the back at times as well, but, you know, it's it's had that brand of hockey, it sometimes went across the line, you know, our discipline has killed us at times, shorthanded, we've given up an awful lot of goals shorthanded this season, I would I would hazard a guess to say it's, it's been our worst season ever for, for shorthanded numbers. Um, you know and just our, our special teams haven't been as good as as what they have been in the past. So there's 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 mm-hmm. things that Kiefer will, will easily be able to identify as having to improve on. Our power play has to be better, our, our penalty kill has to be better, and defensively to a man we have to be better, not just the, the back two and the goalie. You know, our forwards have to be better defensively, our plus minus numbers would suggest that there's there's mm-hmm. things that can be worked on there too. So you know Overall, I don't think it's you know revolution. It's not easy to say it's, it's evolution rather than revolution. I don't think it's completely back to the drawing board. I think it's specific tweaks in, in certain areas need done. But yeah, this this team five on five, Adam Keith built a really really good hockey team that on their night could compete and beat anybody. Evolution. not revolution means we should evolve, not revolve.
1: Um, says, would you look forward to? Next season, and you look at this team. Where do you see the key points that where rebuilds have to happen? Uh
0: it's a good question, Paddy. It's you know, I really enjoyed this year. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I love calling the games on Belfast Giants TV with some absolute cracker games and um on uh, on Giants TV this year. And um, you know the the with the games against Cardiff Devils obviously stick out in your head because they're all. We're part taking one out of the equation. they are all, you know, one goal games mostly. And, um, and then, you know, you've got the Manningham Panthers coming in. We played them, um, 12 times over the season. Um, and, you know, we edged it slightly. And, you know, you're six and four. In the league form, it was four wins and four losses. We beat them twice in the Challenge Cup. And we beat them once in the, um, in the playoffs, you know. So you're seven and five against them. You look at Sheffield games. Um, you know, again, we we dominated Sheffield this year. Um, but from where we go from here the next season, I think that you know, as, as Davies already pointed out, it's all about building um, from the back. I mean, you know, Jackson uh, had, I think he had an okay season. He had some really good games, absolutely. But I think he had an okay season. I think if he's, if he's Looking back on his own form, he'd probably be disappointed. He, there's a number of goals. there. I mean, do you know what? But didn't even touch the goal that he gave away on Sunday night. The first one. Um, and then uh, that's a brilliant fart coming out of his own. have been an icing call, and and he comes out and, and tries to puck, throw the puck into the corner. And they yeah. have a net to shoot into. You know, so it's wee things like the guy He's a young guy, and I think he'll learn from that. Um, you know, but do we? Do we? Uh, is he coming back next year? I don't know. Um, you know, Stephen Murphy has been out all year, and that's hurt as, uh Chris trull's come in. You know, I don't think you get anybody could ask for a better teammate than Chris Truel, um, for what he's done off the ice, and and not getting the opportunities apart from maybe four or five on a road down the stretch. But again, you know, the numbers that they were put up by Chris and um, Davey Center about you know defenses are, are, are championships are built on defense, but. Our defense was let down by our forwards down the stretch. Um, you know they they weren't covering their own man. They weren't picking up guys coming back, and um, and we lost. I'm, I'm literally while you while Davey and yourself were talking there a few minutes ago, I was looking back at the last 19 games since Jim went down. we 11 and eight, mm. sorry, eight and 11, eight wins, 11 losses. Um, and that's not good enough. Um, you know the, the longest stretch of games that we won this year was six in the league. Six in a row. we done that twice. Um, we did it in January after Sheffield. Uh, we lost the first game against Sheffield at the start of January at home and then beat Sheffield, beat Nottingham twice, beat Coventry twice, and I think it was Guilford uh, was the next one. So, you know, six games in a row um, and then losing two and six, winning well, an our six and losing an hour two. Um, and then you get the Cardiff Devils who, we beat them at home, and Davy was at that game in uh, late. I think it was late November, Davy, um, and we dominated them in their own place. Uh, and then they came out, and I think it's 17 seventeen zero. That's that's how you win championships. Um, so for us going in the next season, I think that I think there'll be quite a number of changes. Um, I think that there'll be guys who maybe want to come back, and I think that there'll be guys who. Who, well I know there's a couple of looking at retiring and maybe they're the type of guys that you you'd want to stay around you know the effort levels and the and the desire and um that they've shown while they've, they've been in Belfast whether it's one year two years but uh, I think it's going to be disappointing um from the from the aspect where, for where adam is um looking right now um and where he thought that we were going to end up going down the stretch. I think he'll he'll look at the whole setup and go, right, well, we need to start there um, in the goaltending situation. And then I'm sure he's already got – I'm sure he's already started thinking about uh, – well, I'm sure he said it in the pod, the interview was did with him after the game on Sunday night. Um, next season starts yesterday – or sorry, Monday, because um, this is Wednesday night. So I'm sure they're already looking at where they're changing, where they're bringing in. And it'll be interesting to see where it starts.
1: One last thing to talk about before we just move towards the TFAs and the likes. Um, the KOTG View the Bridge MVP award for this season was awarded on Friday night to Ram Martinelli, who Regards um, to the votes we got in, he got far and away. I think it was a forty-four percent of the votes with the next one. I think being Kevin Rean. Oh no, it was Darcy Murphy who got like eleven percent. So far and away, the the MVP as voted for by you was Ryan Martinelli. Who Davy, I believe you put out a stat as well regarding him
2: being the Iron Man of the side. The only player um, this season to to appear in every single game for the club and. As, as Simon knows as well, and you know yourself, there's there's certainly times through you know the season that he could have and probably should have missed games, but you know he put the club very much at the forefront of his mind at a difficult time, and you know we were struggling with injuries and suspensions at the time, and they say he could have joined the list of of unavailable players, but he chose to stick it out and he played all sixty eight games the club appeared in. He led the team in shots blocked. He led the team in hits. He led the team in plus-minus. He popped up with goals and assists when he needed to. And for me, yeah, MVP. Simon?
0: Yeah, again, you know, all those categories Davey's mentioned. um, I think, again, going down the stretch, I I think he may be tailed off a wee bit. Um, My MVP for the whole season would have been Steve Saviano. I thought he was excellent. I honestly thought the wee man was brilliant. Um, you know, we, we his effort levels, I mean, Davey talked about conceding shorthanded goals. I think he scored, was it four or five this year, Davey? Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and, and the, the, the effort levels that he's shown uh, the whole way through his two years in Belfast have been absolutely outstanding. Marty did well, but again, I think he tailed off a wee bit uh, coming up, or sorry, coming down the stretch. So for me, it would have been we wee- Sal-, Sal sorry.
1: Uh, the, the, yeah, we've, we've talked about the, the team and what, there were some absolutely remarkable individual performances right across the team. You talk about Spear, you talk about Sal, you talk about, you know, even Darcy Murphy, he had a slow start, but, but came into his own towards the end of the season. I thought was absolutely superb. You know, I think that regards to Ram Martinelli, you know, we talked about how he was, Nominated for the Player of the Month award month on month on month before he finally won it around what was it December time November December time Uh, and he'd more or less been nominated every single month in the month of uh, in the in the year of 2017. So you know a remarkable season for him a remarkable more or less a year and a half maybe okay. I'll take your comment regards to him tailing off towards the last. Last few games of the season, says. But I think a lot of, I think a lot of players did that. To be honest with you, after the win in the in the Challenge Cup, just looking at them. But I have to congratulate Ram Martinelli and 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 Davey, I know
2: you're proud of the fact that that's an award that's been given every single year. Oh, absolutely! It's it's um it's one of those, and and probably league wide. There's very few awards outside of the club's own awards. If you like, you know the the, the official club awards that. Have been awarded now. That, what's this going back 18 years now, Paddy, Right back to Shane Johnson getting a t shirt back in, in the year 2001 and going right through. And uh, put the list out the other night, a real who's who of, of Belfast Giants. You know, Jason Rupps won it. Theo Fleury's won it. Calvin Elfring just a, a number of years ago and picked up by Benny. And I think that right, time was. Stephen Murphy, two time winner. Yeah, you know uh, some incredible rem- memories of, of that Stephen Murphy, as I remember presenting Stephen Murphy with it in 2010. Before I had to head off to to live in England for a while, and you know, for me, it, I I love the nostalgia, I love the history of the sport and, and things like that. And we will try and keep that going for as long as we're involved in it, and hope that whenever we're not involved with it, somebody else will pick up the bat and run with it. Paddy, there's you've got the you know the old school Lynchy there presenting it with. New school Lynchette, who's who's really getting into the game. So who knows? Maybe in years to come, it'll be her job to pick up. Absolutely. Well,
1: congratulations. Thanks to thanks to the Lynches for presenting. Thanks to the Absolutely. Giants for that. Fit. And the um and, and congratulations to Ryan Martinelli, your 2017 2018 Belfast Giants, King of the Giants, a, a view from the bridge MVP. Um, briefly, lads, uh, before we get to the TFAs, two games this weekend that we don't really care about as Belfast Giants fans, but. The Five Flyers against the Cardiff Devils is at 1pm on Saturday. And the second, the second game is the biggest rivalry in the world ever. Uh, at 5pm at the NIC, it's the Nottingham Panthers against the Sheffield Steelers. The winners are both obviously going to the final on Sunday. The losers are both going to what is now known as the quote commiseration game, which is on earlier, earlier on Sunday. And with regards to coverage, you'll be able to watch both the semi-finals on EIHL.tv. I believe they're £10 a game. Um, the commiseration game will be streamed live on the Elite League Facebook group. I know, uh, some people might have a couple of pound on that. And, uh, and the final itself this year again is covered by the BBC on the red button. Um, before we come to those TFAs, just comments on these. I know there's a, there's a bit of a, uh, there is a still an interest for Belfast Giants fans says, in this weekend because should the Cardiff Devils Go on to win the final and take their second uh, major trophy of the season. The Belfast Giants will then qualify for the Continental Cup, but only if the Cardiff Devils win the weekend.
0: That's the only thing I'm interested in. I'd love a trip to Europe. Um, the uh, you know the, the worst thing part about it is that if they do well, then you know it's going to be like the 1966 England team winning the World Cup. You know we're going to hear the end of it. Um, so it's uh, I'll be. Muting. Quite a few people have Cardiff do win it, but they will be looking forward to to um, a trip to Europe. But to be honest, I I can't see outside of Cardiff. I think they're they're uh, too strong to, um, you know, to to get that far and, and not win it. I think Cardiff will go on and, and do the double.
1: I think that's the question, Davey Will the Belfast chance be in Europe next season?
2: I find it very hard to. Uh... Get any sort of uh, do you know what in the what, maybe fifteen years or so that I've been going to the playoffs, I have never seen a game not involving the Belfast Giants. No interest, and I'll certainly not be tuning in and paying twenty pounds to watch either the games on uh, on Saturday. It's one of those like Sam and I no perfect, right? no. Yeah, if um, the Belfast Giants go to Europe on the back of a Cardiff Devils win. You know, at the end of the day, it'll be deserved because the Challenge Cup's much harder to win than the playoffs. And the, the, this format that the playoffs has is, is still... It is what it is in this league. It's, it's been many, many years since it was a bit of a longer format. It must be back about 2003, 2004 or something. It was, it was a bit of a longer format than those ISL days. But, you know, honestly, Paddy, if they were playing in the Garden, just to quote Neil Russell, I'd pull the curtains. <laughs> right, well then, let's move ahead
1: of um, final part of the show your tfas and we'll come back to that point Davey. we've got one in from phil armstrong we phil 56 on twitter saying if the option was available to have playoffs to be like to be a series like in north america would you prefer that or do you actually like the setup as it is currently
2: it's an absolute no-brainer that it needs to be a series this the, the, the going back you know okay, one-off final is going to be what it is because the playoff final is the cash cow for the league to get all those people for two days into that arena. The, the finals is never going to change. The process of getting to the final needs to be more than a three-on-three shootout because two good teams put everything on the line across two nights. One team, won four three, One team, one-four-three, 4 3 The two home teams, won 4 3 One goal games ended up all square and yet it's a complete lottery it was almost on penalty shots which I don't agree with either as a way of deciding who gets the a showpiece like uh, and something as important as the playoffs is a fantastic opportunity to win a trophy and you know you go on to this weekend I'll sort of heart back a wee bit there you know I, I think that the, the devil's only opportunity of not winning is that it could be Corey Nielsen's last game as as Panthers. And he's proven over the years that in the short format of games, he's a very, very capable coach and gets his teams up for them. And, you know, if they can get past Sheffield on Saturday night, which I believe they can, it sets it up for a, a Panthers final. Corey Nielsen in the NIC for the last time. I think that's our only opportunity. And yeah, a European trip would be nice. It would be nice to go and win the playoffs and get it that way. but you have to get in the back door sometimes that's not a bad thing to do either
1: the other side of it being if the, <laughs> if, the, if the if the if the nottingham panthers lose that semi-final then they face the fact that Corey nielsen and david clark's last game for nottingham panthers will be a third fourth place playoff at the uh at the nic not really a great one but it's so, coming back to you you know the, the regards to the series i know actually give me one own thing before you come to you, is the fact that i do think that we there should be a little bit of a rejig, but we've always said it. We've talked about that. You know about whether the Challenge Cup needs a bit of a rejig, the league itself, the conferences. We spoke about earlier this season and how they've taken away the seeding, and so therefore the conferences are more about pragmatism than about sport. I'd like to see maybe even a best of three. Could you imagine that both the 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 five Manchester game and our game going back to to, to a game three? Uh, back of whoever we would, would, would host the next one would be absolutely electric with regards to the um, even like the, the what the Cardiff I think all four semi-finals would have went to all four quarter-finals. Would have went to a oh no the Cardiff one wouldn't, but the Sheffield Guildford would have went to a game three. Ours would have went to a game three, and Manchester Fife would have went to a game three. Okay, not the 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 longevity of a of a seven game series, but still that added piece of uh, that bit of spice to it all. Um, well, there was another point I was going to make, but it says your 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 take on it, uh,
0: probably I think you are a hundred and ten percent right. And I'm pretty sure if you ask the coaches, they'd think the same thing to you. Um, you know, yes, it's, it's um, you know, the three-game series for me, then we would have had to travel twice. Do you play it three nights in a row? I don't think you should be doing that. I mean, I thought, in fairness, the way um, Nottingham Belfast uh, did this weekend, you play Friday and Sunday, I thought that was, you know, a really good choice. I'm pretty sure that if the Giants had had the Saturday available, they would have took the Saturday. Um, instead of the Friday, but uh, you know it's. I, I think it's got to. They've got to look at that um, and 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 change it for for next season or maybe the following season. You know, if at least a three game uh, a series would be great. I, I think five would be better. To be honest, um, you know, you've got your the first two at home, uh, or actually you play the first. Yeah, you play the first away. Uh, if you're the, the higher choice if you know what I mean so you get potentially three at home um, and do you split the gate on the third one do you know what I I would um, on the the deciding one I mean you know absolutely split the gate um, whether it might be home or away so it makes it advantageous to both teams but um, I do think that three at least is the way forward because all the coaches want it Adam would definitely be in favour of it I know that for for a fact Um, but it's the IHL we're talking about here, you know. It's,
1: <laughs> it's. Uh, I can't see it happening anytime soon. The other thing I remembered was was going to say was with regards to the conference. I do wave do away the conference altogether, right? Uh, it worked for what it was. We've we've gained a little bit of a. Well, it worked for what it was with regards to the Scottish teams, but it's not working with regards to sporting. I just retain the 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 twelve team league in a normal sort of league setup as it is. However, when it comes to the playoffs. One, two, three, teams one, two, three, four, five, and six, they go straight through to the playoffs. Seven, eight, nine, and ten. Well, seven plays ten and eight plays nine. So basically the top six go through. They have a bye week. So they miss a week. They have a bye week, and in that bye week, seven plays ten and eight plays nine for the two remaining spots. Therefore, you've got teams nine and ten. Even if they think that they're out of the hunt for the playoffs, they've still got an opportunity to get into the playoffs because they'll play in a in a in a mini. They sort of do that sort of thing in the DEL, where if you are still like dropping away, you've still got an opportunity to fight your way into the playoffs on a one-off game or a one-off to, or you know a two-legged what round of 16 game that we get you through it's there are little bits and pieces you could improve the league but as you say it says i don't think it's it's, it's willingness and uh, and and there we always hear the excuses about the arenas and the rinks and stuff and and uh, how true they are you know i'm sure they are very true but you know there's there're little tweaks to this league that could make it so much better oh yeah the party again
0: it doesn't take a rocket science to work that out mm. you know i i just think that you know, the elite league, yes, they made strides in the last few years. Um, I mean, David pointed out to me yesterday about the, uh, the playoff shirts. There wasn't one made for Edinburgh. So does that mean we're going down to 11 teams next year or right. Edinburgh out? Or, or they,
1: or, or, or they, or they saw that Edinburgh weren't actually getting anywhere near the playoffs long before and they just didn't make them a shirt, which is pretty disrespectful anyway. I, I agree again. You
0: know, you've, if you're
2: doing it for one, you've got to do it for everybody. Um, but you know, Half have my suspicions on that, sis. My suspicion on that, and this is merely speculation, is that the money, the revenue from the shirt sales is divvied out equal shares between all the teams. And if your team's not going to be there next season, well, then you don't need your share.
0: I don't I don't know if it is, Davey. I? I mean, I, I, to be honest, I don't really care. But, you know, the the whole weekend of that, um, you know, the, the, that's where they make their money, to, to pay officials and the pay... Um, you know everything else that they need to pay throughout the season uh, for uh, for the elite league, and and you know it's I can't have seen that Cameron Hughes is coming in there tonight. And well, we'll, come uh, up,
1: well we've got a question about that.
0: Okay, um, but for me, I, I said it two months ago. Edinburgh, for me, I think they've run their course, and and you know I, I always enjoy going to Edinburgh. We I mean, made some great trips earlier that one. Come back to the the wasn't it the, the Gardener Trophy? Um, mm-hmm. uh back in it was probably ten years ago
1: now.
0: Yeah, the Gardner um, Cup. Yeah, Gardner Cup ten years. It was a brilliant weekend. Um, I can't remember much about it, but I know what a good time. Um, you <laughs> know,
1: you, you're, a
0: pint. <laughs> you're you're looking you're looking at events like that. Um, and Edinburgh. Let's be honest. I mean, they they finished bottom every season. I'm pretty sure. Um, I, you know, yes, they've said that the new ownership and the the new board members on board and. And that will be all, I'm pretty sure that will be all good and well until mid-November next year when they'll start to fall apart again. Yes, they beat us twice this year and fair play to them because we didn't put, you know, as much concentration and effort into it as we should have. But I just think that it should be three home, three away. Everybody plays each other. I like your idea with regards to, um, you know, making sure that potentially 10 teams have the opportunity to go to the final eight. Um, I think it's a really good shout to do that in the Irish League here now. Mm. Um for the for the playoff positions for Europe, which uh, and and for Irish League clubs is a massive amount of money. I mean you go for the first three teams, first, first team in the Irish League goes to the Champions League, the second and third goes to the Europa League, and then the winners of the Irish Cup goes to the Europa League, but there's another spot now and three four sorry, four, five, six and seven play off against each other. For that extra place in the Europa League, and if they get in the Europa League, they get a hundred and fifty thousand euro. Now that's that's potentially a budget for a lot of the, the Irish League clubs. Well, maybe not a lot of them, but quite a few of them. Um, but I just think that they need to look. I think they need to look outside the box in, in the League League and and try and and uh, do something that the fans can go. Do you know what? Fair play, guys. Absolutely brilliant. We all did it when it was announced that Guilford and Milton Keynes were coming on board last year. Went from ten teams to twelve, and you, you know what? You've got to hold your hands up to both, especially Guildford. Guildford had a great season, um, and the Milton Keynes Lightning were doing all right as well until you know probably around Christmas time and they fell apart. So, um, for me, Paddy, I think it's a brilliant idea you come up with there regarding uh, potential playoff opportunities next year. It's not going to happen, but
1: nah. Right, next question. I'll stick with you, says uh, Thomas Burnley at. doctor underscore Thomas come back to a comment that was made. Does a inverted commas paid fan like Cameron Hughes actually contribute anything to the atmosphere of a game or does it detract from the natural atmosphere?
0: I think, and obviously we're talking about the playoff weekend here. Yes, Cameron Hughes
1: Uh, who obviously we've seen at the Belfast Giants games and he's now done a few Cardiff Devils games, uh, was announced today by the Elite League to be uh, appearing to help along the atmosphere at the playoff weekend.
0: You've got to give it to him. I mean, this guy who just jumps about and actually um, gets paid a lot of money for going around. I mean, there's, there's a hell of a lot of people at the SSE. Would be able to pay paid for that? Um, I would. But, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it's costing to bring him in. Um, I know he lives in North America, so he's going to be flying um, across, the, across the Atlantic Ocean, which is going, isn't going to cost pennies. He's going to put him up in a hotel for a couple of nights, um, and I'm sure he'll get a big pay packet out of it as well. However... I think that Steph, the announcer at Nottingham, does a great job drumming the the. the uh, it's not him the at the playoffs, up. man. Yeah, what's
1: it? It's not him at playoffs. It's uh, it's Darren Bavister, the guy who does the Brecknell. Uh, sorry, okay. the right, right. right.
0: Well, I thought it was Steph. Well, fair play. That guy at the playoff does a brilliant job. Um, I think he does a brilliant job. Uh, always tries to get you know the different sections up, trying to get everybody involved. Um, I don't think it's required. I think it's a waste of money. Um, and. And as I say, I don't really care because I'm not going, so it doesn't really worry me in the slightest. But uh, I, I just I don't think it's required. I think you should be looking to save that money and spend it somewhere else.
1: I think I, I know a lot of people have been uh, when they put out. You just have to look down at the thread of responses to the Elite League's tweet about the, the amount of uh, vitriol it was thrown at the fact that he's coming in. I don't see the point. I can understand he, he's good at what he does. He is good at what he does. And when he came to Belfast, you know, he's able to get the the let's say the non hockey casuals and give a bit of entertainment there. But Davey, the playoffs is probably the most. You're, you're there are not many non hockey casuals at the playoffs. Um, so, is there a requirement to bring someone like him in, or is it just I an, th- an I, I, added entertainment?
2: I think it's a bit of added entertainment for the uh, the playoff finals weekend. You know, I think that social media is a is an abhorrent place. Sometimes, you know, some of the stuff that's been written about this guy is beyond the pale. Not nice. Unnecessary. At the end of the day, it's not his fault he's been employed. He, that, that's what he does. The league have gone and offered him the money. Um, I see the Coventry players there tonight saying that they've paid for Scorch to travel to the playoff weekends. They're playing for his hotel. It's accommodation and stuff. So, you know, if an elite league elite, elite, elite mascot has to go, the the club, the club, booster club has to pay for him. He's to pay his own wage, pay his own accommodation, travel. And we're flying somebody from the other side of the Atlantic across, putting them up in hotels, paying them to do... Pretty much the same job those mascots are going to do. Yes, he's very, very good at what he does. No, it's not for me personally, but you know, if it adds a bit to the atmosphere, people are always complaining about the price of a ticket and uh, what do you get for it? They're trying to bring a bit of razzmatazz in and you know, fair play them for trying something different. They're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. This fella, this is what he's paid to do. He does it at arenas all around the world, gets crowds going and he'll do a good job. Of course, a friend of the show, uh, he appeared on a view from the bridge
1: when he was on, uh, when he came to the last Jansky. He had an interesting story of, I must have spent about a half hour. He gave me his number, or I'd got his number in regards to contacting him. He was staying at the Hilton. And, uh, <laughs> I contacted the Hilton and they were like, yep, we'll put you through to his room. He's, uh, he's expecting your call and to put me through to the room. And it rang and it rang and it rang and no answer. I was like, well, hold on. I've not got all day to, f- to call this lad. So, uh, rang, went back down to the reception, called him up again, says, uh, could you put me through to Cameron Hughes' room? He's expecting a call, no problem. And it rang and it rang and it rang and no answer. And the fella back at the reception says, I don't understand. He was down here a minute ago. He, uh, he, he was, he was waiting on your call. He, he, went up there about five minutes ago and then he should be there. And I said, like, we'll put you through again. And, and it rang and it rang and it rang and, and eventually answered and, he, he was out of breath he, he must have been out running
2: um there's a there's a
1: gym there's a gym at the uh there's a gym at uh, must, there's a gym at the hotel he must have been using it um <laughs> on, on that that's on the Under the next uh let's see a couple of questions okay jonathan hughes at cruise one um with the CC in Belfast, with the Challenge Cup in Belfast, and I'm happy, do we need to look at defence in the off-season? Big Jim's not going to be about forever, and we kind of fell apart without him. Who do you see as a possible replacement for Jim Vandermeer? And, who do, we, and, and do we need to sign, Davey, a Dustin Whitecotton-type centre? I think
2: we need to sign a centre, yes, a Dustin Whitecotton, Cotton, Mike Compon, those, those kind of players that came in and did absolutely sensational work. Can you replace a Jim Vandermeer? only with another Jim Vandermeer type player, you know, someone with that NHL caliber experience, you know, guys that have been around and have an aura and a, and a respect that comes with their, their legacy in the game. You know, Vandy's got instant respect. Not all players have that. And uh, I hope he's around for, for a year or two yet, but he will be very, very difficult to replace. Simon, Agreed.
0: Um, you know, I'd certainly like to see Jim stay around for at least another year. I mean, We've seen even say, uh, he missed seven weeks. Um he came back against MK. Yeah, he came back against MK. Um and then obviously got suspended for the last two regular season games of the season. Um but uh you know, we we've just seen what he has to bring on on that side of
2: things. He's he's just a different different class back. Seven weeks out, never missed a beat. Um here Simon, uh, not not even that. Like he missed a good chunk of games early season as well yeah. with that, that uh was a broken foot or something. I can't remember yeah, now. Boot, right? yeah. Um lower buttery, you know, body so Like he, I think he missed twenty nine games overall this season and he was really, really badly missed.
0: Yeah, and again he is just pure, pure quality. He's just you know, he's different gravy really and and um you know I, I think that guy could play in this league for at least another two or three, maybe even four years. Just depends on what he feels and um I'd really like to see him back. However, if he doesn't come back, I think you're right, David. You know, there's there's probably only one other person of that level in this league. Um uh, and it's Andrew Hoffman, yeah. I don't think we'll hope in hell of getting Andrew Hoffman.
1: Agreed. We're gonna wrap it up just so, not a question but just a comment from at Stevie Jan eighty three. He says the last few years folk have been crying about a dull team. Coach changed that. Not Every night went our way, but we sure as hell got entertained. Keith has a has a hell of a future ahead of him. And I'm looking forward to see him develop. And he then says, you know, thanks for the, enjoy the off season and thanks for the podcast. Thanks very much, Steve. Um on that note, thanks to everybody who put in their TFAs across the season. Um Hashtag T F A will of course be back uh well when we come back to our off season. Um any other business is the only thing left of the season so far, gentlemen. What you got? Okay.
2: <laughs> Nothing at all. Says so, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for me and says, well, first of all, I suppose from, I, I'm going to mention her one more time. I think she deserves a shout out on the podcast one more time. And that's small. um, all right. for all the, all the work, She's done with so many kids over the years, not just this year, culminating in, in, in as says, as getting the old ears out there, you know, getting her head shaved. All the charity things that have been done this year, Martinelli, Riley shaving their beards, all the money that's been raised and sort of channeled through Laura's energy to doing that uh, and making this more than a club and, and the, the the money that's been raised is in the tens of thousands of pounds through Laura and her her drive to make things like that happen. So big shout-out to Smallsy yeah. for the final time this season. There will definitely be more shout-outs next season. But from me and Sis, I think it would be totally remiss of us to finish another season of A View from the Bridge without thanking you because generally all we do is come on and spout opinions off here. You turn it into a show and put it out every week. Um, without the director general, this just wouldn't happen. So, for me and says, and on behalf of all the fans who actually listen to this, big thanks to Paddy Smith for doing it.
0: One hundred and ten percent, David Paddy. Do you, you know you you always basically say I'm sorry for being late. boys. I'm sorry we couldn't do it without you. Um, you know I've enjoyed it the whole season again this year. I always look forward to it Tuesday night. To be honest, I'm looking forward to getting the bread. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know it's Wednesday by the way, but um. The uh you you you're the glue that holds this thing together and and uh, um you know the way you, you basically fire the questions at us and I mean like I couldn't do it I know I talk some crap on chance TV most of the time and and just talk hockey it's a sport that I absolutely adore and um and we could this this show doesn't exist without you man.
1: Listen, lads, I appreciate that, but I, I, I've always said it's a team effort, and and, and you know when I'm you know, taking when I've had to take it, times off, and we know that this year has I've had its highs and highs for a lot of us, and, and and personal lows for a lot of us, and we've worked together for to to, to, to get us you know to get a show out every week, and uh, and it's something that we enjoy doing. We enjoy talking about the Giants. We enjoy enjoy talking about the the, the game where we're frustrated by. Many things with regards to, it, but every week we, we dig in and even when I'm, if I, if I have to take a week off and, you know, and, and, well, holidays or whatever the hell, you know, you guys dig in, you look at the, 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 the fretter, um, Galakos incident and that, and you guys were straight on it getting Victoria Silverwood and getting Aaron Murphy and doing a fantastic show of that. It is a 100% team effort and one that I'm very proud to be part of. So thanks very much to you guys for that. And thanks to everybody who, over the course of this season, has interacted with us, be it coming up and chatting to us. We've received fantastic emails, fantastic tweets. We've oh, We've been very humbled by some of the some of the things people have been saying to us, not least with regards to look at the the, the interview from, from Adam Keefe at the weekend and highlighting us and the comments from the organisation. And that's all well and good, but the fact that a lot of guys come up to us and, and or tweet us or email us or whatever and say some Fantastic things about we what we do here in a view from the bridge, and it's it, it's very humbling the the week on week when we just get together and do just just talk hockey. It's that's that's all we that's all we do, you know, and it's something we enjoy doing. And the people tune in, the people listen uh, on a weekly basis is is quite humbling. Us, so I just want to thank everybody everybody for that, and I want to thank you two gents just for 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 your time over the course of the season because it's uh, it's not been easy. We know that, and and um, yeah, it's but it's but it's been enjoyable.
0: You mean look at like now it's half past eleven on a Wednesday night, um, and you know again we've had another good chat. A good you know we always. I'd like to think we're always honest, and you know we're it's um, you know there's always people that want to have a go and and uh, about you know different things that'll happen throughout the year, and and uh, there's people pop their heads up when things aren't going great, and um, but you know I, I'd like to think that. Because the, 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 I'm the only one between the three of us that is in Belfast, you know <laughs> I get to see um, a lot of the people, a lot more people who listen to this show, um, and the, some of the positive comments and some of the um, the, the way they come up to you and, and you know just have a chat and and all they want to do is talk hockey as well. And we're lucky we're we can put this together, uh, Paddy, obviously, um, you know goes out there and, and he'll stay up there for you know, at least an hour, hour, hour and a half putting this together, so it can be put out tomorrow morning. And again not a lot of people realise that the time and effort goes into doing that and um and again, you know, we're all volunteers. Um there's Davy just touched on Laura Smaller, I have to say, you wanna see her head at the minute Well, she looks like a headshot, it's great. Um <laughs> but you know, the only thing that I was gonna say at the end of it, Davey, is um is about the volunteers behind the scenes yeah. at this organisation. You know, the game night crew. Um, all led, you know, by James. Yes, he's an employee of the of the team, you know. Shane Johnson's got involved more this year, um, uh, obviously our Steve Thornton, all these guys that put together um what happens at the SSE arena, um, you know, twenty eight times for league games and then another couple for for Challenge Cup games and what have you. But it's the it's the volunteers behind this organization that they could not do without um I'm speaking mainly speaking on behalf because I'm involved um with the OSC. I think what we've done this year has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh yes we've we've had the, the total support um of the, the organization. Absolute whatever we've wanted to do this year, it's been yes, no problem at all. What way can we help to do it? Um, and whether that be giving us a shirt or give us a second stick to the tram raffle off to raise that little bit of extra money. I What's up? I raffle them off. Yeah. yeah the sponsors, as well, you pay the whole, the, um, <laughs> you know, all these things, every single penny we raise, every penny goes to the organization. So that goes into whether it's to help travel, whether it's buying equipment, whether it's paying for, you know, putting towards wages. I don't know what it goes to, but we, you know, we've got involved this year as an OSC. Um, we've been very, very lucky to, to have the support of the organization, but more importantly, of the fans, you know, we've got 464 members who have signed up. Then on top of that, there's families within that. So it takes our membership over 500. Um, you know, you've got Andrea Cochran. You've got Johnny Cook, um, Leslie Wilson, Michael Crawford, um, Christine Kerr, Nicola McNair, Susan Hawaii Poppy's helped out. You know, she's over in, in Scotland most of the time now. Um, but all those people and time and effort especially that they've spent at the arena, on game nights, um, and then at the cinemas, which we've held four events this year as well, which have been hugely successful. Um, but it's, it couldn't happen without the support of, of the Belfast Giants fans. Um, and for that, I, I can't say enough thanks. And again, we're hoping to do a couple of things to keep it going throughout the summer um, and try and give us a bit of interest because I know there's quite a lot of guys that are staying around uh, a lot longer this year because, let's just be honest, I mean, anybody comes to Belfast a place for a chance falls in love with this country. And um again for, for that office crew, all the guys behind the scenes on and doing the fifty fifties and the, the shirt off the back, you know, Janet Wilson bringing her our or uh, what do you call them, daily fifteens. Fifteens, eh? every time you come it just so happens that there's another box comes up, so you need to get over more often, you eat. but uh all those things just makes this organization the best in the league. Here. hundred percent. We are unmatched in the
2: CIHL. It seems we're being all nostalgic and we're putting the, the rubber stamp on the season and I assume we're going to have a little break here, Paddy. Um, Simon's met, mentioned all the volunteers and as you know, I, I volunteer. I do the stats and mm-hmm. I can do it. Simon's already mentioned Poppy. You, can, like,
0: you never mentioned it.
2: Poppy, Simon's already mentioned Poppy along with the OSC there. I have to give a massive shout out to Stevie Thompson who tracks goalies and shots. He's, he sent me a few stats today. He has recorded 2,656 goals through the Elite League this season. Now, he records where each goaltender concedes those goals. So he has to watch every goal and track it. Um, 643 of the goals, by the way, have been scored in the low slot. Pat Ta- Travers-Fullerton has got the worst five hole. Um, <laughs> but there's been 3,834 minor penalties called by referees. Here's a couple of ones. 2,161 during the three-man system, 1,673 when it went to four men. The the, the miners jumped almost two minutes per game in penalties from the three-man, to four-man system. So that, that sort of stacks up with what players, it says, well, you know, the referees are catching more. Brendan Conley, most minors in this team, 51 minors, but without Stephen Thompson, this whole thing wouldn't, they might have worked. His spreadsheet's very Rain Man, to be fair with them. You know, it's a, it's a wee bit scary, some of the stuff he sent through. But he's been tracking this for years and years. And that uh, we'll be looking for more helpers because it's about trying to get a half a percent of advantage um, through doing the stats to the thoughts and the keeper that they can use these things. And, you know, the guys have a bit of fun with their, their blocks and their hits and stuff like that. Simon will, you know, sort of verify that kind of side of things you know he sees the, the, some stuff stuck up in the wall down there but you know without him there, there, there's no show without punching you know i'm happy to be judy to his punch there you know it's been a lot of fun doing the stats gives you a lot more insight in the game i'll be sticking some up as we go through them with kiefer over the next week or two as to what exactly we can put out and and we'll put a, a few tweets out here and there just for a bit of fun but um thank you mr thompson for all your help this season uh, thank you. The, uh, all right,
0: sorry patty i forgot to mention kathy colwell um, for the OSC again she's been uh, there this year and, and congratulations she game a granny um, only a couple of weeks ago so
1: absolutely um,
0: she's had her time there as well but again you know you're 100% right Davey all the stuff I can't do what I do at Chance TV with, without the stats that you to provide me I'm a, on a Thursday night for to get my stats done on a Friday for a Saturday game or a Friday whatever it may be um, and it's all those wee things that make us organising and great and, and uh, I'm very very happy to be part of it.
1: I think what it shows is the amount of amount of effort goes on off the ice as well as on the ice with regards to the the volunteers and the work that's done by not just ourselves the OSC Davy Stats team all across the the rank, you know the fifty fifty sellers the work you know you, it, it's a real we talk about the, the the club the Belfast Giants having that having that club mentality and uh, and I think that's growing and growing. As every season passes, and just to say thanks again to you, gents, um, I'm sure we'll. Uh, I say, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. We're we'll probably talking tomorrow on WhatsApp. It does It does You know. It's a, but I'll. You know. Pull the curtain away from that. Uh fallacy. <laughs> the um quick uh quick thanks to the Giants for all their support this season. The uh, Belfast Giants TV for all the stuff they've got All the Giants, all the webcast guys from across the league who have always been able to step forward and say, you know, we can use their stuff for the gifts and this, that and the other. Like vice Time T V and the guys in Sheffield and Manchester and MK. Um all the coaches who have come on and, and the players as well. We've had ones from not just our own. I know Kiefer's been step steps forward every single game, and mm-hmm. the players step forward every single game and always always there to, to, to talk to us and sis likes to point out that they're they always come and talk to us first um but we've had one i've thing. one more paddy
0: i can't forget this one go on i did forget it but i have just as you were talking i had to say thanks to somebody else michael bar every single game he brings me a topic <laughs> oh, disgusting. and i'm gonna miss him <laughs> during the summer um i know you like your uh, your your double daggers, oh, um, and uh, you know he, he comes up every game, brings all the game sheets and all up. Him and Roscoe, um, Bob Ross, um, and they bring all that stuff up. And again, as I said, it's these wee things that, that just make this uh, this you know on the game nights. And again, you, you certainly I, I enjoy when the season finishes because you get a bit of a break from it, and you know you're and then watch the the NHL playoffs, and that takes me over till June, um, and I usually take a rest of June and July off and get ready again in August. So. It's um it is it's been a great season. Um it could have been better, but uh having a challenge cup in our hands after um for, for Adam's first season this year. Uh first time in four years we've had a bit of silverware. I think it's a good start for uh Adam's
1: first Rookie season. The, uh, but we've, yeah, the the coaches and the players that have gone forward. Well, I will say that, lads, I know Dave, are the stats man. I've done a few, just a little bit of a stat on my own. Over the course of this season, with regards to the views in the bridge, we have had 68 individual interviews. Take place on the show. That's not including the post game interviews that we still haven't counted them, but 68 individual interviews. And that's, you know, you going down to train and says it's, it's you calling up people, Davey. It's all the work that goes into putting a lot of the guys coming on here. We've had them for more. We've had a representation for more or less every single team in the elite league have been kind of to come on and speak to us here on a view from the bridge. And also, thanks to a lot of our mates who've come on as well and chatted away. That's it. Um, on that note. The, uh, we hope that if you're going to the playoffs this weekend, that you go and enjoy yourself. Don't go on loan to anybody. Just, just go and no. enjoy. It. Just go and enjoy yourself. Uh, and I hope you enjoy your your summer. Go out and get away from hockey for a bit, because well, the circus will no doubt return come September. We'll be back, no doubt, in a few weeks. Uh, a monthly, the odd monthly podcast. Um, thanks to you two, gents. Cheers. Right, cheers, mate. Um, if, wherever you are this weekend if you are going to play us we hope you enjoy it we'll see you here next time on a view from the bridge and to play out from penalties to lost pens and from uh, from cups to crazy weekends it's uh, it's been one hell of a season but we'll give the last word to boomerang corner
0: Welcome along to the SSA Arena in Belfast for this first Elite League game of the season between the Stanline Belfast Giants the Guildford Flames Lovely chance outside here, it's lovely shot there, straight through, top corner, Sebastian Sylvester, 1 1. You know what, Paddy, I was speaking, I've got, um, you know, we've been talking to a guy who's the same name as myself, Phil Kitchen, who you come over for the the Kitchen. His first name, he wants to be called oh, right, okay. Big difference. <laughs> the, um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> the lead home to the clan That's got to be a penalty. No, it's not. Hicks is going to allow this to continue, and as you can tell, what the Steelers crowd think of it. And oh, there you go. that's going to be a retaliation exactly penalty. But you knew exactly what was going to happen, and, and this is all because of Hicks. So you can
0: be damn sure, guys in the prime of their career, are making pretty good money, making sure that they don't get hurt or attacked on the ice. You can be sure as hell sure that there will be consequences to this
2: one-game ruling for proving that retaliation is justification. We have
0: drop pass there to Delacos again. Wanks up, throws it at yeah. the top corner. Spiro, Delacos, an assist should go to David Rutherford. We'll <laughs> be
1: Congratulations, Adam Keith. Hi, right, cheers guys. Thanks for having me. Matt Toe joining us on the line. How are you doing, mate?
2: Very well, thank you.
1: It's the head coach of the Brayhead Clan, John Tripp. How are you, mate? I'm doing well, thank you. Mr. Jason Half <laughs> Ellery, the hardest working man in the Belfast Giants. sorry. welcome to the show. Jim Vandermeer, how are you, mate? Colin Shields. You're doing well, thank you. Not bad, thanks for having me. Hi David, good to be back, no okay. thanks
0: Control
2: the puck, still We've got control the puck. for Time ticks down and there it is! The
0: official confirmation that Adam Keith and his Belfast Giants team are the 2018 Challenge Cup
2: Champions!